This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Stokes here and welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. Before I forget, if you haven't done so already, make sure you head over to our website, www.tier1trading.com and make sure you check out some of the awesome free content that we have to offer. I'm talking about the Trade to Measure Workshop, the Ascension Webinar. It's all absolutely free. Just head over to www.tier1trading.com and check it out. Today, I wanted to read to you an article titled, Why Rejection Hurts So Much and What to Do About It by Guy Winch. And no, it's I haven't been rejected recently, um, but I did want to share this because I came across this article and I think about us as traders and, and really back to uh, when I started trading and, and how rejection feels. And I guess not just in the past, but even currently, right? The rejection of trying something and failing, trying something and failing and struggling and struggling. Um, and then also the rejection that you get from um, maybe people not having your back. I know when I first started trading, none of my family or friends had confidence uh, in me. That was kind of like feeling rejected. And even to a more natural state of what every trader goes through in a losing trade. And in a sense, that is a rejection. It's someone telling us or the market telling us, no, you're wrong. So uh, I thought it was a pretty cool article, or I hope it's a pretty cool article, that we can really make some connections between just a normal kind of relationship type of rejections and trading. And I'm going to start off by reading it to you, and I'll give my, uh, give my little editorial comments in between. But it starts off by saying rejections are the most common emotional wound we sustain in our daily life. Our risk of rejection used to be limited by the size of our immediate social circle or dating pools. Today, thanks to electronic communication, social media platforms and dating apps, each of us is connected to thousands of people, any of whom might ignore our posts, chats, texts or dating profiles and leave us feeling rejected as a result. In addition to these kinds of minor rejections, uh, we are still vulnerable to serious and more devastating rejections as well. When our spouses leave us, when we get fired from our jobs, snubbed by our friends, or ostracized by our families and communities for our lifestyle choices, the pain we feel can be absolutely paralyzing. Whether the rejection we experience is large or small, one thing remains constant. It always hurts, and it usually hurts more than we expect it to. The question is why? Why are we so bothered by a good friend failing to like the family holiday picture we posted on Facebook? Why does it ruin our mood? 
Why would something so seemingly insignificant make us feel angry at our friend, moody, and bad about ourselves? The greatest damage rejection causes is usually self-inflicted. Just when our self-esteem is hurting most, we go and damage it even further. The answer is, a little quote they put in the middle of there, the answer is, our brains are wired to respond that way. When scientists place people in functional MRI machines and ask them to recall a recent rejection, they discovered something amazing. The same area of our brain becomes activated when we experience rejected as when we experience physical pain. That's why even small rejections hurt more than we think they should because they elicit, oh, sorry, I got a fly flying around the studio, because they elicit literal um, emotional pain. But why is our brain wired this way? Evolutionary psychiatrists or psychologists, excuse me, believe it all started when we were hunter-gatherers who lived in tribes. Since we could not survive alone, being ostracized from our tribe was basically a death sentence. As a result, we developed an early warning mechanism to alert us when we were at danger of being kicked off the island by our tribe mates. And that was rejection. People who experienced rejection as more painful were more likely to change their behavior, remain in the tribe, and pass along their genes. Now, this is interesting. I'm currently reading a book right now called The Culture Code, where it talks about establishing a great culture. And a few years ago, I read a book called Tribes. And this tribe mentality is a, it's, it's a real thing. There, there are pros and cons of it. But it is a real thing. It's, it's human nature to want to be a part of something. You know, think about peer pressure when you're a kid, right? All of your friends are doing something. And you're kind of like, ah, you know, guys, we really shouldn't do this. But you don't want to be that one person that's not doing it, do you? No, you don't want to be outside the tribe. So sometimes you give in to peer pressure in order to fit in. Now, of course, with everything, there becomes there's a limit, right? Like, you know, for example, if you know my friends are all like, hey, let's go out and commit a murder. That's a, a fine line in the sand. Um, but for someone that isn't very mentally disciplined, that isn't mentally tough, um, it's very hard to do the opposite of what everyone else is doing. Now, what's interesting about this is on this podcast and, and with our trading clients, we talk a lot about success and we talk a lot about success being really the minority or the successful mindset being the minority. You guys have probably heard me mention something before about a comfort zone, right? Where um, imagine a big circle, right? Inside that circle is the comfort zone where it's, you know, you're comfortable. It's a, it's a, not an easy life, but a life without risk, a life without danger. You're kind of just getting by, right? And I would say about 90% of people operate within that comfort zone. Now, outside of that comfort zone, that's a dark, 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 scary place. There is risk, there is fear, there is the, the, the chance of failure, right? And, and that's what people usually think of, the negatives, the negatives, the negatives. But what also lies outside that comfort zone is freedom. It's your dreams, it's your perfect life, it's the ability to have complete control and do whatever you want whenever you want. Things that a lot of us talk about wanting to do, but we won't actually do it. And about 10% of people survive outside there. Now, what makes it hard for people to get from the inside to the outside, right? To get out of the comfort zone to the, the uncomfortable place is 
really the negative peer pressure. I mean, think about it like this, right? I mentioned earlier when, when I first started trading, I had zero support. So in my mind, right, I finally got up the courage to say, you know what, Akil, I want to do something to take control of my life. I want to take control of my future. I want to live. I want to be happy. I don't, I'm tired of working for the man. I want to be in control, right? I'm all fired up. Let's do it. And you would expect to go to your best friend. You'd expect to go to your dad. You'd expect to go to your, your, uh, your significant other, your girlfriend, and, and for them to have your back. Yeah, let's all do it. But what typically happens? Right? They typically, oh, are you sure you want to do that? Isn't it hard? What if you fail? They, short, they, they immediately kind of insert all these negative thoughts into your head. And what happens is that the majority of people are like, yeah, well, you know what? Yeah, you're right, right? Because 10 people over here are saying it's a bad idea. It's just me saying that it's a good idea. I should probably kind of do the norm, what the 10 people are doing. And you settle back into that comfort zone, even though you want to get out. And what is necessary, and this is what I've learned over the years, just from personal experience, just from studying the subject. What is necessary is the same type of tribe mentality outside the comfort zone. And, and, and that's tough to get. So imagine yourself like this. Imagine we're floating in space. It's going to get a little bit weird, but stick with me. Imagine we're floating in space, right? And you have this big space station, right? This is your comfort zone. Everyone's on the space station. They say, never venture out the space station. I'm pretty sure there's a movie that, that kind of follows this along as well. Um, and then you say, you know what? No, I'm getting out of there. I'm not giving in the negative peer pressure. I'm getting out. There's so much to be seen out there in space. My dreams, my desires, they're all out there. I'm going for it. And you escape, right? And for a while, you're floating there by yourself and it's very lonely and it's very difficult. And this is, this is what is difficult about um, you know, becoming an entrepreneur and, and following your dreams. It feels so lonely. And whenever you're lonely, it just gives more opportunity for those negative thoughts to creep in. Oh, I'm not going to make it. I'll never be good enough. This is too hard. I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I should just go back. What you need is you need to, instead of just venture off by yourself is you need to find another tribe. You need to find other successful people, other people that have the same mindset, other people that are going to take that risk with you. You need to latch on to them. And that way you're not alone, right? You're no longer rejected and casted out of the tribe. You've, you're just switching tribes, right? You're going from a, a, a negative tribe to a more positive tribe. And that way you're going to be back in the, really back in the game of successful thinking. You're going to be motivated. You're going to be encouraged and you have a better likelihood of uh, really accomplishing your dreams that way. But, you know, typically there is that moment where we all kind of feel rejected, right? We're, we're, we're not in the tribe that says be comfortable. We haven't yet found the tribe that says, hey, let's go for it. We're kind of in the middle by ourselves. And that could be very difficult to deal with. Uh, sorry for that, but you know, just my thoughts on the issue. But let's get back into here. It says, um, of course, emotional pain is only one of the ways rejections impact our well-being. Rejections also damage our mood and our self-esteem. Um, they elicit swells of anger and aggression, and they destabilize our need to belong. Unfortunately, the greatest damage rejection causes is usually self-inflicted. Hmm, that's interesting. And this is, I'm reading this for the first time, guys. Indeed, 
Our natural response to being dumped by a dating partner or getting picked last for a team is not to just lick our wounds, but to become intensely self-critical. That, that's very true. Um, we typically blame ourselves first before blaming others. We automatically think something is wrong. And this is a big thing in trading, right? Many newer traders are under this philosophy, right? Where if I lose a trade, I did something wrong. Now, in many cases, especially as a new trader struggling trying to find their way, maybe you did do something wrong. Maybe you put a stop loss in, a, in an uneducated uh, position. Maybe you broke a rule. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, we we have our own errors and a lot of them as newer traders. But once you get to a point where you're a consistently profitable trader, where you're you're disciplined, you're 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 following your rules based plan. There are times where you can do everything right in the market. Right, you can have the perfect trade set up. You you analyze it the right way, you execute it the right way, you're feeling good about it, and what happens? Tell me, tell me what happens. What happens? It loses, and you're like, what the hell? Like, what? how? This was the perfect setup, a grade A trade. Well, the truth is the market does what it wants when it wants, does it not? Right, has the market ever put in a funky mood, right? Maybe a <clears throat> Trump tweet comes out, and the market does something crazy? Yeah, and... The difference between a successful trader and, a, and a, a struggling trader is a successful trader still stings, it still hurts, but they're kind of like, ah, well, that sucked. You know, let's you know wipe it off, wipe the, the slate clean, look for the next opportunity. We don't really blame ourselves. We understand, hey, it, it's it's part of being a trader. We're we're gonna deal with losses. It is the cost of doing business, right? It's no different than a McDonald's, uh, you know, factoring in uh, hamburger patties being spilled on the ground. You know what? I, we lost it, but it happens. It's, it's an error, right? Struggling traders immediately put blame on themselves. I did something wrong. And because they can't figure out what they did wrong, because they didn't do anything wrong, they start losing confidence. And when they start losing confidence, they start hesitating on the next trade or overthinking it. And that just opens those cracks for the many other psychological mistakes that come in. And a lot of it comes from, from self-doubt, right? Self-inflicted wounds. And I'm telling you, you have to be so mentally tough to be a trader. It is you. You have to be so confident. Now you can't be arrogant. You gotta. You gotta really make sure you don't cross that line. You can't be arrogant and, and think you can outsmart the market. But you have to be stubborn. You have to be confident because there's always going to be someone or some ones doing the opposite, right? Whenever you have a long opportunity, especially if you're maybe on social media or a, uh, a trading forum, which you should stay away from, um, there's always going to be someone like, "Are you sure you want to get long?" And if you're confident, you're like, "Yes, my rule said I want to get long. Let's do it." If you're unconfident, then you're like, well, am I sure? Uh, right? I told you guys the, the, the story of one of my first experiences on a trading forum. I hung around and stalked for a while, taking it in. And then finally, uh, you know, I, I, I developed the guts to actually type something in. And it was a trade setup. And you know, I don't remember what it was, but I was like, hey, guys, ready to get long euro dollar. Enter. Oh, it's on there. First time, and I'm waiting for you know, I'm waiting for the 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 likes and oh, good job, Akil, that's an awesome call. Hey, me too, right? And the first thing that comes back is this guy, like you know, Pipzilla, right? Big Pimpin, one of the one of the guys on the that had all the likes and who I swore was a credible trader because he had so many followers. He comes on, he's like, well, actually, actually, I'm thinking about getting short, and immediately what I start to do is doubt myself. Oh crap! Like this is the master trader, and he's getting short. Ah, oh, man. So what happens when the trade comes? 
I don't take it, right? Because Master Trader didn't agree with me. Ended up being a winning trade if I would have been in it. I'm sitting there just shrug shoulders like, what did I just do? Um, but I was very hard on myself again. And that's one of the first things we do when we don't feel like we, we fit in. So it says we call ourselves name, uh, call ourselves names. We, we, we uh, talk about our shortcomings and we feel disgusted with ourselves. In other words, just when our self-esteem is hurting the most, we go and damage it even further. Doing so is emotionally unhealthy and psychologically self-destructive, yet every single one of us has done it at one time or another. The good news is there are better and healthier ways to respond to rejection. Things we can do to curb those unhealthy responses, soothe our emotional pain, and rebuild our self-esteem. Here are just some of them. Water break. Have zero tolerance for self-criticism. I love this title. Tempting as it may be to list all your faults in the aftermath of a rejection and natural as it might seem to chastise yourself for what you did wrong, don't do it. By all means, review what happened and consider what you should do differently in the future. But there is absolutely no good reason to be punitive and self-critical while doing so. Thinking I should probably avoid talking about my ex on my, on my next first date is fine. Thinking I'm such a loser is not. Another common mistake we make is to assume a rejection is personal when it's not. Most rejections, whether romantic, professional, or even social, are due to fit and circumstance. Going through an exhaustive search um, of your own deficiencies in an effort to understand why it didn't work out is not only unnecessarily, uh, unnecessary, I think they meant to say, but misleading. And this is true. I mean, this is what we talked about earlier about, you know, instead of finding problems, find solutions, right? You can spend all this energy in the world finding problems and telling the world why you're so bad, but does that get you anywhere? No, it just digs you into a deeper hole, right? There's nothing wrong with losing trades. There's nothing wrong with making trading mistakes, right? The key is, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to use them as a stepping stone to get better? When I was at my, my darkest point in trading, my darkest point where I was ready to give up, I noticed that I was making lots of mistakes. And I was blaming lots of other people aside from myself for the mistakes, but I was making lots of mistakes. And every time I would make a mistake, I would lose confidence and, and all the fun stuff I just mentioned to you. But... At this particular time, and I don't know it's, if it was because I, I had basically given up on, on trading or, or whatnot, or maybe I just had a free mind, um, I decided that, hey, I'm, I'm going to make these mistakes a positive. I'm going to make it a game. Instead of making a mistake and beating myself up and yelling at myself, you're such a loser, Akil, you suck, I'm going to start learning from them. I'm going to identify my mistake. I'm going to try and understand why I made that mistake. And instead of looking at it as a problem, I'm going to try and find a solution to this mistake. Okay, here's the mistake. How can I or what can I do not to make it happen again? And I started doing that slowly and slowly and slowly on each mistake. And before you know it, right, before I knew it, I started eliminating those mistakes and I started seeing a direct result in my trading. So it was a it was a mindset. Yes, it was it was fixing the mistakes that made the difference, but First and foremost, it was the mindset to actually look at it as, hey, I'm going to try and fix something instead of just beat myself up and, and, and call myself dumb. 
right? It's the same thing I do with my track and field athletes, right? If, if we run a bad race, right? The race is over, right? There's no point of being, of crying and being mad because guess what? You, there's nothing you can do about it. The moment has passed. What we can do, however, is take out the film. We can look at it. We can analyze it. We can talk about it and we can work on how we can get better for the next race, right? Don't beat yourself up over what has happened in the past because it already happened. There's nothing you can do to change that feeling. There's nothing you can do to change that action. All you can do is change the future. In the future, we have 100% control over. Never forget that. Revive your self-worth is the next one. When your self-esteem takes a hit, it's important to remind yourself of what you have to offer as opposed to listing your shortcomings. The best way to boost feelings of self-worth after rejection is to affirm aspects of yourself you know are valuable. Make a list of five qualities you have that are important or meaningful. Things that make you a good relationship prospect. For example, you are supportive or you're emotionally available. A good friend or you're loyal or you're a good listener or you're a good employee or you are responsible or you have a strong work ethic. Then choose one of them and write a quick paragraph or two. Write, just don't do it in your head. And I'm a big fan of writing the whole thing of going from brain to brain to hand, from hand to pencil, um, from pencil to paper, from paper to eyes, eyes back to brain. Like, it just reinforces it so much. I, I love writing hand notes uh, on, on everything. This would be a perfect moment if I did sponsorships for the show. I have a remarkable tablet, which is like a, it's called the paper tablet perfect time for me to give them some some love and have them write me a check right <laughs> um remarkable if you're listening mail the check um do, do, do write in your head uh write just don't do it in your head about why the quality matters to others so write about why your good qualities not just matter to you but why do they matter to others and how you would express it in the relevant situation Applying emotional first aid in this way will boost your self-esteem, reduce your emotional pain, and build your confidence going forward. Just to throw kind of a trading nugget in there, something we always talk about in trading, along with just keeping your stats and, and, and whatnot, is doing a journal. Or if you're too uh, manly, too tough for a journal, doing a diary. No, no, no. Other way around. Doing <laughs> Diary would, was the one that I was afraid of because it was a you know, tough football player. No diary. So I did a journal. Right, it sounded better. Um, but yeah, writing down how you feel during trades, right? How you felt before a trade, how you felt while a trade was going on. Were you nervous? Were you scared? And how do you feel after a trade? Did you feel rejected? Did you feel bad? Did, did you have, you know, do you feel happy? You know, writing that stuff down helps it. It helps for you to understand yourself and it kind of helps you identify what those emotional triggers may be. And, and, you may even find situations where you can understand if you're feeling a certain way, you know you shouldn't be involved in the market because bad news is, is going to come next. The last one, boost feelings of social connection. As social animals, we need to feel wanted and valued by the various social groups with which we are affiliated. Rejection destabilizes our need to belong leaving us feeling unsettled and socially untethered. This is what we talked about earlier with going from one space station to the other, out there just by yourself, floating, lonely. Therefore, I'm picturing, what's, what's the movie? Um, not The Martian. Uh, the movie with, um, I can't even think of her name, um, The Blind Side. Uh, uh, blind Side, Speed. Um, come on, someone give me a comment. What's your name? 
I know you're not listening live, but shout it out, um, where she's floating in space the whole time, and, and that was the whole movie. Anyway, I can't remember it, but I'm sure one of you guys will remind me. Um, the need to belong, leaving us unsettled and socially untethered. Therefore, we need to remind ourselves that we're appreciated and loved so we can feel more connected and grounded. If your work colleagues didn't invite you to a lunch, grab a drink with members of your softball team instead. If your kid gets rejected by a friend, make a plan for them to meet a different friend instead and, and as soon as possible. And when a first date doesn't return your text, call your grandparents and remind yourself that your voice alone brings others to joy. Rejection is never easy, but knowing how to limit the psychological damage it inflicts and how to rebuild your self-esteem when it happens will help you recover sooner and move on with confidence when it's time for your next date or social event. And I would just end with saying this, right? As, as traders, we are only as good as our next trade. So I know this, uh, you know, the last paragraph talked a little bit about relationships and, you know, you're only as good as your next date. We're only as good as our next trade. So the mindset that you have to have is, hey, again, what happened in the past is the past. There are two ways I can look at it, right? Either way, I am in complete control of my future, but there are two ways I can look at it. I can let the past drag me down and I'm moping around, feeling sorry for myself because something that already happened made me feel bad, or I can use it as a stepping stool to the future. I can take what happened, I can learn from it, I can make adjustments, and I can go on to the next trade more confident and with a much better approach. And the only question is, which one are you gonna do, right? There, there's no excuses. You know, if, if, if you're losing, then you know, guess what? Do something about it. If you're winning, keep doing something about it. But the choice is yours. And you got to make the right choice if you want to be a consistently profitable trader or in general, if you just want to be successful in life. Hmm.